0: Hello and welcome to the Harlefo Show, a place where like minded individuals gather to discuss the good, the bad, and the weirder side of Malafo. Please bear in mind that we're all grown ups here, so there may be some language not suitable for the more delicate of listeners, and all opinions expressed are those of the individuals involved. Now, grab yourself a lovely tipple and a light snack, sit back, relax, and let the Harlefo
1: Show commence. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the HarleFo Show. And once again, I'm joined by Tom, hello, and Courtney, hello. And today we're going to let Courtney take the reins, and he's going to talk about his favorite master, Molly Squidge Pitch. So, uh, Courtney, go ahead, give us a pitch on why you play player.
2: Oh, I've been waiting for this day for you a are. long time. Your time has come to I- shine. I- Oh yeah, I love Molly. <laughs> Molly is my favorite master in this game. I could play Molly about a hundred times and I'd play her a hundred times more. Um, so what why do well, I play have we just this
3: gone master? to Braveheart mode? Why has that just happened? <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, you can take my lies, but you'll never take
4: my Molly!
5: <laughs>
2: um so Molly, yeah, why do I play Molly? It's it's a bit of the fluff. I, I love that she's just this happy-go-zombie, happy-go-lucky zombie girl that just, it just does a lot of horrible things. But she's a good girl, you know, you know. And I, but I also just like playing her. She's just a great utility master. She supports her crew quite well, she can do so much cool things and she can do lots, lots of mean things to opponents. opponent so yeah, I, I love Molly in every possible way and I love her new model that's coming out soon I will be snapping that up immediately, as soon as I get it Yeah, so, I mean, it
1: is really pretty that new model
2: mm, Yes, I think I, sometimes the new sculpts have been hit or miss Oh, yeah. they've been alright Oh, not great. great, they absolutely knocked Molly out of the park absolutely the entire box looks great so i'm really i'm looking forward to it cool so what comes in the box uh you get molly you get her totem which is the uh necrotic machine uh you get three rabble risers and you get philip and the nanny
1: the rabble risers are the foot artists formerly known as punk zombies yes they are the ones aren't they yeah those lovely lovely things cool Mm -hmm. cool so um how many points has that come to roughly 26
2: points cool cool just under 30 because they usually try and get the boxes around 30 don't they yeah 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 talk us through them all yeah we'll start with molly shall we yeah start the lady herself so basically the master molly as a master is a lot about card draw and um discard uh, shenanigans she can draw a lot of cards and she has ways of um of getting rid of cards for usually for buffs or and stuff like that she's one of those masters that if you if you get a bad hand you just you don't even need to spend a soul stone to try and draw two cards because you just know that you're gonna be able to draw a bunch a bunch more cards during that turn anyway as soon as you get to Molly. one of her big things uh, is Le- left's caress so she's a master if she sees any opponent do an action for the second time, and she that they will take two damage and there's no range on that and I can, i'm sure the boys can tell you how how annoying <laughs> that is it's uh, yeah
1: it's it's a lot more effective than you really think it is it's a massive psychological thing thinking if i do the exactly. same thing twice um, I mean, but you know you can get around it in certain ways like walk chart yeah. instead of walk walking but like I played with you the other night and I've played Molly loads of times and I still forgot all about it and did the same thing twice and I pulled myself up on it I was like I've just done it haven't I I'm going to take two yeah. damage now it's my own fault
2: yeah the thing the thing with less Caress is is that you don't get that damage off very often but it is invaluable for the amount of Mental gymnastics your opponent has to do yeah. when it comes to well, their action economy because you can't you can't walk twice you can charge and walk that's fine but um, you, you can't attack twice so it, it works so well in a lot of ways it can help her crew defensively because they're not going to get swiped twice it can it can sort of annoy your opponents and stop him from like if they've got a heal that isn't a bonus action they will use it once, but if they use it again, they're going to take damage. It is just, it is so strong. And the fact that it hasn't got any range on it, all she has to do is see you. And she doesn't even have to see you do the first action. She just has to make see you repeat that action yeah and you take the damage it she it is so good yeah
1: she's quite defensive anyway isn't she got yeah. tell us what you think of Molly
3: she sucks
5: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: the, it, I really like Molly as well and I think Courtney's excitement for her I think is indicative of what it's like to play against her as well because she's so flexible and yeah. I think Chris hit the nail on the head she is psychologically a pain for the opponent so. I think similar to some of the other Masters we've talked about, the opponent spends, I spend a lot of time fussing over that caress and fussing over her serene countenance and her hard to wound that she's hard to actually damage in the first place. Yes, But realistically, you know, Courtney could have the worst hand in the world, but he doesn't have to worry about it half the time because you will make mental gymnastics and activation gymnastics to not repeat your actions and to not have to engage her and deal with her and to try and make, you know, what you think is the best course of action when sometimes it could just be, well, I'll just take the two damage and I'll just hit her a second time or I'll hit this thing a second time. Yeah. But it forces you to do things that are outside your comfort zone. As soon as you start doing that, you play into Molly's advantage because Molly plays, I'm sure Courtney will say here, almost at a breakneck speed for the Molly player. Like you're burning through your cards because you can re-jig them. You're moving around the board quite quickly. You're taking opportunists points and schemes and that and actually the second that your opponent is hesitating or doing the least efficient action the molly player then can jump on that and it's a lot of marginal gains that they can make very quickly
2: yeah exactly exactly you're exactly right um she, just just she can very adapt to any a lot of situations and she it's just i i just love playing molly i just love it, it it's so it's so enjoyable
3: Yeah, she's also got some really good attacks, hasn't she, Courtney?
2: Yes, she has. Um, So she has one more question in disturbing story. One more question lets you slow somebody at range, which is fantastic. And if they're engaged, they also take damage, which is really useful as well. Um, But it's the triggers as well, which can be really nice. So she has a been built ram, which lets her um, remove a condition off that model. Which is really useful if they've got like multiple instances of focus. Because one one way people will get around Molly is they'll try and con- they'll concentrate um, to try and get that focus on them. But you can sort of really punish that if they've got multiple focuses by using that prey on nothingness, which is built in.
3: Take the um, whole condition away as well. Exactly. Which is really
2: exactly. Um, Drawing the secrets can help you drop the scheme marker, which in certain schemes can be really useful. Depth of gratitude is. Mm, can be really, really clutch. Um, if they haven't got the scheme markers down, then you're just you're just giving them two damage, which can be really good. Uh, if they have, you just remove anything and it doesn't matter whereabouts on the board it is, it just gets they have to remove one scheme marker. Yeah, and there's no line of sight or anything, is there? No, it, no and again in certain schemes, um, i thinking I mean the old power ritual was one of them where if someone would put a scheme marker in the their deployment and then just forget about it. Molly just goes, well, that's gone. And there's nothing they could do. So it's, one more question is really powerful, but the triggers are very integral to how strong that attack is. That
3: debt of gratitude is like when you're playing against Colette as well. It almost forces a really inefficient, I'm going to place the scheme marker down because I know at some point this is going to be a pain.
2: Exactly. Exactly. It does as well. Um, a second attack is Disturbing Story. And we're, one more question is more about debuffing and stuff like that. St- disturbing Story is more of a straight up um, slap. Uh, basically, it makes the opponent uh, take irreducible damage uh, depending on what the controlled hand is. A lot of times you're, that's going to be easy to do because you're going to activate Molly usually mid, mid-turn mid when, when they've used some of their cards. Um, so you could just do three points of irreducible damage with that. It is very, very nice. I don't use it as much as one more question, but the stem story does come in handy very much, especially if you want to finish somebody off.
1: It's a great little counter that as well, because Molly's uh, front of card ability, the uh, the Gorgon's influence, she draws cards until the, she has the same number of cards as the opposing player. It's kind of the opposing players wanting to get rid of their cards before Molly activates so that she doesn't draw as many. But then you can punish them with the disturbing story and, and give them damage because they've discarded cards. So it's, it's another thing where it's forcing your opponent to just weigh up so many choices and it, it just batter in the head, basically, as they're playing. Exactly. Yeah, it's a catch 22 isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. It, you, you, you're absolutely on point, uh, Chris. Yeah. Exactly. But the thing is, it's like attack actions are good, but it's the tactical actions that you might be using a, a lot more. So I'm going to go with the most important one, uh, which is lost knowledge. Uh, the thing with lost knowledge is what you basically remove a target marker. And when I say that, I'm not just saying ally. I'm, it's, it's any marker. So you're talking scheme markers, but you're also talking ice pillars, piano markers, uh, pyre markers. If it's a marker, she can eat it and draw two cards. In certain matchups, that can be, that is so useful. If, if, if you're playing against a raspy that's just putting pillars down to try and bot your eyesight at just eats one and gets to draw two cards. Um, it can be very punishing for those sort of masters that, that want to put markers down. Um, constructive criticism is important as well. Because it lets you reactivate a minion, and it also lets you discard a card as well. Uh, well, you have to discard a card to, to activate a minion. The nice thing of it is, is well, you reactivating a minion can be really useful. One way I use it is to reactivate the Kruligans so that I can guarantee that I will have more activations than my opponent. Yeah, that is one way of using it. If you've got rubble risers, or you need to get something up up the board. You can reactivate them and they can it can either attack again or move or whatever, or scheme. The, the thing that I, the reason why I highlighted that you got to discard a card is because one of the big things about the Forgotten Crew is the fading. When the, when a the model in the, the Forgotten Crew discards a card, an effect happens. So, for example, with Molly, she gets to choose a model within eight inches and they get distracted one. The constructive criticism is the only way to get Molly. Natively to discard the card. She can also choose the, the the target to discard the card as well, which can be useful for the rabble risers uh, because it means that they get a focus, or it can be useful for the um, the bat people that night terrors. That's the one uh, because it means they get to they get to push. So that's control criticism which is really good as well, and the bonus action is what makes her a really good support master because you you basically choose as many models you want you discard a card, and they get uh, a focus they get to push a little bit and if they've got the fading they also get that on top so you for example you could do the um rogue necromancy it pushes a little bit uh, it gets a focus and it gets poison on itself which will let it heal so this is what i'm saying when you when you i'm talking about my being about card draw and discarding because she has ways of discarding cards like with premonition so you can get rid of the rubbish ones you, n- you don't need and then she's got ways of refilling her hands with lost knowledge and the gorgon's influence the gorgon's influence is something that you will work towards trying to maximize as much as possible and the totem does help with that
3: where is she on the board courtney like when she's playing the game is she central is she locking up one side Where's she trying to do do you sit her on a hill just so you can get the caress off
2: i i like to have her in just behind my beaters i like to have her in a position where she can still premonition the beaters when they need it but she can also like throw one more question or reactivate a minion so I, I don't want her directly on the on the front line and I don't want her too far back. I like her just in the middle.
3: So she's the quarterback, basically.
2: Basically,
1: yeah. Awesome. I think the important thing to note on all of the actions there is that they all have an eight-inch range. Yes. So she doesn't actually have a melee attack action. No, but she if you doesn't. try and tie her up in melee, it doesn't matter because everything's got an eight-inch range and there's no gun signal symbol, so she can still target whatever she wants as long as it's within eight inches. Exactly. She can't even
3: really tie her up in combat.
2: No, you can't. You, you can't and that's one well, of that's the... where
3: one more question comes in though isn't it because it's if the target is engaging models it's not if you're engaging it so actually if someone walks up to her yeah and tries to engage her in a fight she makes them slow so they can't really get an efficient attack off on her anyway with all of her defensive stuff and does damage to them yes
1: and drops a ski marker next to them or removes a ski marker to do more damage or just does generally horrible things really she's um she's great oh, <laughs> absolutely yes What's a totem do for her then? Because you mentioned our totem helps with the um...
2: soul. Yes, the necrotic machine totems tend to obviously totems tend to sort of amplify the master. The necrotic machine does that massively, and there's a good couple of reasons for that. The necrotic machine does a lot for you. The fading can heal you a little bit if you if you discard a card. That's not too bad. Um, and he's a two armor. It comes really helpful as well. The one thing, the the thing that I want to point out is strange behavior. It's a tactical action, which basically, if your opponent draws the top card of of the discard pile, if it was a moderate or a severe, um, the necrotic machine can move and do and do action. And that's just any action. It's not an attack, it's any action. So you're gonna say to yourself, well, what's that? Why would I want to put a, a card in my opponent's hand? The reason we want to is because remember about Gorgon's influence. If your if your opponent's got more cards in you in your hand than, than you have, you draw the cards up to it. So you want as many cards in their hand and, and, and the least amount of cards in your hand before you activate Molly and the Necrotic Machine does that. Plus, it's got a So what I do, what I like to do is our strange behaviour only if I, if the opponent's got either let's say a weak a weak on top or a really low moderate. Our strange behaviour put the card in their hand. And then I will accomplish, which means I have to discard the cards and then activate Molly. So they're one up and I'm one down, which can mean a lot of times you're drawing two cards on top just instantly. It is very, very useful. And the Necrotic the Machine also beats quite well as well. It's got two, three, four damage. If, if something's poisoned nearby it, then they can't declare, you can't use soul stones or declare your hair triggers. And, It heals as a bonus action. It does a lot for the crew. I really love the Necrotic Machine. A lot of totems I've played in the past, I've been, "Uh, it's all right, but it doesn't do a lot. Uh, It's okay. Necrotic Machine is one of my favorites because it does does a lot for Molly. It it can protect her. It can help get a, a card draw on game, and it can also heal. It is one of my favorite totems.
3: I'm going to chip in here and just talk about the neurotoxins because from experience playing against the goddamn Scorpius, which, you know, about report, I'm editing at the moment. It'll be out by the time this podcast comes out. Has neurotoxins as well. If you are a beat down master and you get stuck in and that bloody thing is next to you and it's poisoned you, not being able to use soul stones or triggers will fell a master very, very, very quickly.
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And there's one more thing as well. I think Chris, you mentioned about your opponent wanting to dump as many cars from their hands.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: The thing is, is that the, the necrotic machine also has ceaseless advance, which basically says if your opponent has no more cars in their hands, it pushes and does an action. Now, that can be really, really clutch because it can allow you to, like, put, put a ski marker down at the last possible minute and score you a point it can yeah, get it's you significant, another... isn't it? yeah he's yeah. not insignificant he's not insignificant he can he can he can whack he can do another attack it, it, he's so good I love the narcotic machine I, I love it to death I, I think th- there is it is so useful in a lot of ways for
1: a three point um, totem like you say he's he's pretty I mean just that neurotoxins on the front of the card means I will never ever play brewmaster against Molly yeah <laughs> just, just never just straight away as soon as you declare, probably never play Brewmaster against Rezzers, which, you know, Brewmaster loves playing against Rezzers because of the um, the drunken Kung Fu, turning mm. negatives into positives, just shuts down hard to wound. But then if the threat of Molly's in there, you just, you don't want to do it. No. But um, a thing with strange behavior, so it can move up to three inches and take an action. Could you take the strange behavior action again?
2: Yes. You But then
1: it wouldn't, actions caused by actions, you wouldn't be able to, chain that infinitely would you but you could do it twice for one AP effectively you could do yeah I mean it depends if you know there's a couple of moderates on the top of the deck
2: yeah you you could do that as well but it's more likely that it's going to be hard for you to have a weak or a low moderate one after another yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, you do not want to put <laughs> like the Red Joker at 13 yeah, in yeah. your hands.
3: Yeah, I don't think you do. That's something I'd do by accident. I yeah. <laughs> thought uh, you flipped that two cards ago. I think it's like the three damage that you get for free. It walks up, pushes, does a min two attack and gives you poison one. It's three damage on something.
2: Yeah. yeah, and that poison just instantly shuts you down because of the neurotoxins as well. Yeah, exactly. If I could just go back to Molly for one second, because I forgot one point I would like to make. Go on. I love put, having the Whisper upgrade on Molly, and the reason is because when you when you activate Molly, the first thing you do is you look at the top three cards. That's really useful on a lot of masters, But with Molly, if they, you've, if they've got more cards in their hand than you have, you could basically just choose in what cards you're going to be pick, picking up. I love having the whisper on her. I think. What does whisper do for those of us who don't play resers, Courtney? Oh right, okay. So uh, it does two things. If you're a master, when you activate her, you get to look at the top three cards. You get to rearrange them however you want and put them back and put them back down. So you can basically choose what's coming up. You can see what the three cards are coming up. And you can choose what direction they're coming in. Uh, the second point is if anything dies. She, no, sorry, if she kills anything, which with Molly, it can happen, maybe not. Um, you get
1: to draw a card. Awesome. Yes. It ties in really well with a, a oh, yeah, card yeah. shenanigans, exactly, doesn't
2: it? Exactly, yes. You it just it basically just helps you. You can basically just pick what you want in your hands and it, it can become very useful. Uh, the whisper is something you see in a lot of a lot of Redder masters anyway, but with Molly, I particularly like it. So who's the henchman? Is that Philip and the nanny? Philip and the nanny, yes. Um, a
1: lovely, not at all creepy model <laughs> <laughs> of, yeah. a, of a severed head in a push it's, it, it's, being pushed along by a zombie nurse. It's, like, <laughs>
2: it's, um, it's very touching, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, the
1: story's really good in the fluff, actually. I do like the story of Philip.
2: I love the story of The Forgotten. I just, Molly, Philip. Um, I just think they're great. Archie. I, I just love the crew. I love every model in it.
1: So, what does Philip bring to the crew?
2: So, this is what the thing with the Forgotten is. The Forgotten is a great keyword, but there are a couple of models in it that are controversial. Let's say you either love them or you hate them. Philip is one of those models. So, Philip is essentially your a hedgeman that can run around the board. So he can he can punish people. Focusing, uh, he has chatty as well, so he can punish people for trying to interact. He's a great little model for going in the middle, in, in uh, basically in the center of the battlefield. We're, let's talk about some of his abilities. So he's got manipulative, which is his sort of defense, um, which can be very useful. Devil pursuit makes, makes his five move. So basically, if he'd double moved, he would be moving 10, but that gives him that extra bit of four inches, which can, can be very nice. It started to make sense. This one thing with Molly, which I mentioned before, is people like to get around your love's caress by trying to concentrate. Philip takes that option away from them if they're within six inches, because he basically says, right, well, you're taking two damage anyway. It um, it, it combos real well with Molly, and it just means it's another thing that the opponent has to sort of think about. Chatty means they have to discard the cards if they want to interact, which again, can really disrupt a lot of crews. Um with Rambling Man, it means that the fading, you can if a model fades within um three inches of Philip, he can he can also use that fading as well. So if Archie's healing, he could heal. If the rubber riser's getting a focus, he can get the focus. Very, very useful in that regard. But it is just a bit short range, and the ways that I've used Philip tend to be on his own. So uh, Sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't. If we get to his attack actions, he has one more question as well. He doesn't have as many options as Molly, but oh god, he's got debt of gratitude. And debt of gratitude is one is is as I said before, it's just mwah. uh it could it can come in very well. It can be very, very useful. Uh, boring topic is okay as well, because it forces people to do a willpower save while they take slow within three inches of the initial target, which can be, if they're grouping around and they've got rubbish willpower, that could be really useful. But then the willpower test, forcing people to take willpower tests, it can be always useful as well, because it can force your pawns to use cards in their hands if they pop, roll poorly, And it can also get really good cards out of the way if um, if, they, if, if they was gonna be drawing that next. So that could be pretty good. Pram Ram, it's, it's okay. Two, three, five, pretty good damage. The one thing I like about Palamam is accidental rollover, uh, which basically lets you push through a uh, model. Yeah, push through a model, ignoring models. Uh, you do damage in the poison, which is great, but basically it stops uh, Philip from being kept in one place. You, you can't block him in. It's hard to do it because he'll just go. He'll just roll through you and just keep on going. You, if he wants to move 14, 10 inches and then the fourteen with the deadly pursuit, he's gonna. He will do if he, he if he's got that uh, mask in his hand. So the other, he's got punching and away as well, which can also be really useful. But um, that accidental rollover is the one that I always really like to use if I have to get into melee with him, and also if he charges as well, you get uh, plus flips. Um, but again, I, with with Philip, the way I found with Philip is that I want him to, I want him to mess around with scheme markers. I want him to get into the. Deployment uh, deployment for Breakthrough I want him to be a forgot a, a, a forgotten model that the organs can jump on which we'll get to when we get to the organs.
1: I think the thing with Philip is like for the size of the base that he is so manoeuvrable exactly. when you look at all those actions tied together because if you if you charged five inches got an attack action accidental rolled over pushed five inches away managed to end up in one inch engagement of another model Took a melee attack against that, pushed another five inches, and then at the end of the turn, walk for, uh, push four inches. That's like
2: nineteen inches he's moved up the board in a turn. Exactly, exactly. That's what I mean. You, it's very difficult to keep him locked down. Yeah, pinned in one place. Really. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, for a 50 mm model
1: as well. It's like yes, it's, it's exactly what you want.
2: Um, one thing I should also say is about his, his uh, tactical action, which is boring conversation, which is another really useful thing. Six inches. If they try to declare anything that's it's a non walk action, they have to they have to pass a ten willpower save, which is low. But again, willpower make, forcing people to draw cards is, is can be very useful. Especially if they, I mean, if they roll, a, if they pull the red joker for uh, for this, then it can make them very sad. Yeah. It can make them very sad at all. Um, the reason why Philip is sort of controversial. Is because he's very specialist. There are schemes that where Philip is great, but if you're looking for a beater, Philip isn't it. And, the, and there was for the longest time there was two ways to play Molly. Either you play with minions or you play with elites. And if you're playing elite Molly, you want as many good beaters as possible. And Philip and the nanny sort of fell down. He has a lot of ways that he he helps Molly out, but. A lot, in a lot of ways, he's not as useful as maybe like Archie or the Dead Rider. But because of things that have changed within the crew thanks to the last FAQ, I think Philip might get his, his day in the sun a bit more now. Um, I like Philip. Uh, I li- would like to play him a yeah. bit more. I don't think there's. I don't think he deserves as much of the like the bad stuff said about him as he does get. Um, I think he's absolutely fine. And I think you, you can get some really good work out of him. And for stuff like um, uh, the, the schemes that want you to be in the middle, like, is it claim jump? Yeah, the one in the, we, we, yeah hey, yes. that's it, claim jump, yeah. We played it the other night, I'm sure yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, claim jump, or <laughs> the one with the scheme marker, which I, I can't remember either. Philip could be really good because you kind of don't want to get near him. Because you're just gonna have a load of auras that will just say, yeah, you, you can't do that. Oh, you'll have to discard your card if you can if you'll do that. Oh, you'll take two damage if you want that. I think Philip is really good, but he is a specialist I he is a specialist pick. Again, I think he might seize Day in the Sun now because of changes it from the FAQ.
1: Yeah, gaining grounds as well. I think's yeah. a lot more scheming exactly, now. So I yeah. think Philip Philip's going to get a lot more play. Exactly,
2: yeah. Um. So we'll have to wait and
1: see on that one. But I like Philip. Cool. Well, there's only one other thing, or three other things that come in the box. Really, the uh, rabble rises. Tom, have you faced against these?
3: Not the rabble rises. No.
1: No, no. Then uh, you, you're you're a very lucky boy, is all I'd say. Uh, go on, Courtney. Tell us what the what the f- artist formerly known as Punk Zombies did. So,
2: rabble risers. I like rabble risers. Um, you... they're horrible. <laughs> so I hate them. <laughs> so, um, the thing with rabble Rises is again, like I said before, there used to be two ways of building Molly, elites. Um, Molly tended to have like enforcers and stuff like that. And you didn't really have a lot of minions, and Rebel Rises didn't fit in that. Then you had Minion Molly, and me, Rebel Rises are very, very good in that sort of list. That's the list that you usually see them in. I think that might change a bit more now. I think you might see rubberizers a lot more. Rubberizers are fantastic. They they work well off molly, and they can be very, very dangerous. One of the reasons for that, they've got flurry, which means that they can discard a card to do another action. Remember, they can discard a card. So what's the fading? Well, the fading gives them plus one focus. So you could concentrate, attack, do the flurry, you get another focus, and then attack again. That is that can do a lot of damage. They've also got blade rush, which means they can charge three models and they, 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 they take one damage. I mean, the, the, the amount of damage that rubble rises can do it is yeah, pretty, that pretty attack cool.
1: action decent for a six cost minion. Exactly, really.
2: uh... exactly. And the, the sword is like two, three, four damage with with uh, crit strike and crit reflexes on the as the triggers. That's that yeah. very good triggers. So, you're gonna, so they're really good, but then you have to remember that Molly has this ability that's called Constructive Criticism. What does that do? Oh, that lets you re- reactivate a minion. So your Rabble Riser can do a Concentrate, an Attack, a Flurry, get that focus, Attack again, and then you can reactivate it, make you can do it again.
1: But when Molly reactivates it, Molly can choose the Rabble exactly. Riser to discard the card, so it gains a focus exactly. there. Exactly. So then it could attack it's ridiculous it can attack get the mask trigger for quick reflexes so it can attack again targeting in a different model yes then it can flurry then it can attack again for another AP and just and have the it, it can get five five attacks a turn and reactivate potentially yes
2: the rubble risers arc they're really, really good. I really like them. And they're hard to wound too hard as to well. Wound seven it? wounds, which is nothing to um sniff at. Yeah, and a six point model. Yeah, exactly. And the bonus action is challenge, which basically means um they choose a model. They have if if, they, if that model tries to attack anything other than the rabble riser, um, they have to discard the card which could be really, really useful. And it has days as a trigger, which stuns and um, lets you push them. Challenge could be quite clutch in certain places. Like if you if you were wanting to protect something, um, you can you can use that challenge to basically go, yeah, you can't attack anything else. So you have to attack uh, the Rabberizer instead. And again, seeing as they want to dump cards, if they have no cards in your hand, they have to attack that Rabberizer. They've got no option. So it... it the the Rabble Rises are really good, and I don't think they u- they get used that much outside of Minion Molly. but I think I'm going to be trying to use them a lot more now because I just think you have two, especially if you go with um, the upgrade Grave uh, Spirits Touch. And the reason for that is it would give them regen two. It would um, give them an ability that basically says, yeah, you can choose a Corts Marker and everything around it gets focused, which is okay. The big one, because it's a minion, it gets a third ability. It would get terrifying eleven as well. So you talk. So the rubberizer would have hearts to wound. It would have terrifying eleven, and it would have regen two. I, I'm toying with the idea. I'd have to try it out. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'd have to try it out. I try it on Tom. Tom's faced it. I'd have to try. I, I'll have to try it out to see if it's if it's if it's worth it. But I just think that's that's horrible
1: here's something i've just spotted um challenge now if you had two rabble risers say one's tying up two enemy models and the other one's not the one that's not challenge is the one that's tying up enemy models because challenge doesn't say enemy only mm. so then the one that's tying up enemy models when it goes to attack them because it's not attacking its own rabble riser mate it has to discard a card which will then gain it a focus it will it will So if you've got a crap hand Again, you could get five focused attacks off there for discarding five rubbish you cards. You could. In a, in a perfect scenario of everything yeah, falling yeah, into yeah, place. Yeah. But, I, but yeah, that challenge could be a good way of getting card discarding on your own crew, really, just by challenging your I own. I mean, cards.
2: yeah, and plus, Molly can premonition. So you can go, right, okay, well, I'm going to choose these two rubberizers to discard a card. They're getting a focus, and they, they push. And because of the discarded card, they get an extra push. It gets an extra focus. So they can start... They could have two focus on them just before they even activate. Yeah, it, absolutely. <laughs> definitely something that I think is a little bit underused. I am going to be trying out myself to see if they can fit a, a beta role outside of like going full minion molly. Uh, but I'm I'm kind of excited to give them a try. And the new models are fantastic. Yeah. They all look like weird, um, you know, have weird like clown mohicans and stuff like that. <laughs> clown <laughs> mohawks, I should say so um yeah great well, i like the rubber risers a lot
1: cool so
2: yeah that takes you to around i, th- I think i've just worked out as
1: 24 points in the yeah. box isn't it molly necrotic machine phil and three rabble risers yeah. uh so what would you buy to take it up to 50 where'd you go next
2: um i think if i was to go next uh i would get the box that has the guns in it and archie yeah i think that's that would be my next big pick because the guns are a big part of Forgotten, and Archie is a really good beater as well. Maybe not as good as he used to be, but he's still quite good. But we'll get to those two uh, as soon as possible, really, <laughs> as soon as we can.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, what we'll do, we'll, we'll go to a break, yeah. and then uh, we'll talk about the rest of the keywords. So uh, we'll, we'll go to one of our um, sponsored ads, and we'll be back shortly.
4: Saturday night on Harlefo, the grand final of Reza's Got Talent, featuring Molly Squidgebridge with her lovely Irish ode to Seamus.
0: Don't you know the sweetest girl from head to toe But don't be fooled by this facade You cross me once you leave with scars Cross your heart, I'll sit your neck String you up until you're dead Make you smile from ear to ear But with my knife now is that clear? Cross your heart, I'll sit your neck String you up until you're dead Oh, shameless boy, my honest pal You shouldn't mess with Molly Gal
4: And Archie with his ice cream song
5: Scream Lovely, lovely ice cream It's so yummy Yummy in my tummy I wear my ice cream I don't have any ice cream This Saturday,
4: only on Harlifo Tune in to see who wins.
1: And we're back uh, so thanks once again to our, our lovely sister shows uh, so yeah we're gonna go into that box you just mentioned and, and first of all the three little kids that come in at the Kruligans so uh,
2: tell us a bit about them so look my children my lovely children um so the Kruligans uh a lot of people will say that the, the Kruligans are the best minions in forgotten some people will also say that Kruligans are potentially one of the best minions in Rezers. I would probably agree with that because they are fantastic for points. Um, the big thing with Krugans is they have an ability called By Your Side. What By Your Side does is you discard a card, you can choose any um, non-minion model, and then you can teleport next to them, well, two inches next to them. And it's not an action, this. This, just ha- this can just happen or not happen. I cannot overstate how incredibly useful by your side is and how much my opponents hate it. Despise by your side. Isn't that right, boys?
1: Yeah, go on. Tom, what's your thoughts of facing off against the crew? I think
3: they're really fun. I think they're they're a real pain with the teleporting. I mean the, the by your side is a hotly talked about ability. Um but I think I think it's well balanced within the forgotten. I think If you're a Reza in general, I think taking a Kruligan out a keyword for five Soulstones isn't the worst move in the world. But for Molly, they're just that additional thing. I think you've got a lot of models that sit, as Courtney said, like in the either linebacker or quarterback position and usually have one that bounces forward. And the Kruligans will then use that as an anchor to bounce them and do some scheming. They're, you know, four Soulstone significant models that can get well across the board with five wounds that are hard to wound. So I think they're they're not attacking anything and they won't like being pinned down, but it's so hard to actually kill them in one shot. You know, you think trying to wipe five wounds off the board with hard to wound damage flips, unless you've got a flurry on hand, it, it's quite tricky. So they can probably do what they need to do, take the damage, bounce away. And chances are they're just going to bounce back next to the necrotic machine, heal, and then bounce back turn three or four. So... Yeah they yo-yo yeah. a lot with that and there's a good synergy with the necrotic machine to be able to utilize that.
2: The only thing I will say is outside of forgotten, they're a little bit limited just because they have to share keyword with that model to actually use your side.
3: Oh yeah, I'm just thinking of like, you know, pre-GG1 where everyone took Archie.
2: Yeah, exactly. And gg
3: one where most people don't take Archie.
5: <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. no, no, that's a good point. That's a very good point. And, and rogue necromancy as well if you're going uh, McMorning. Yeah, he has forgotten keywords, so you could use a you could use a cruel gunner to um, just use it to waste activations at first, and then having jump forward to start putting schemes down. As for attacks, yeah, Tom's right. I don't really attack a lot, and uh, usually either using to remove scheme markers, which he has a bonus action that lets you remove a scheme marker and draw your top disc card of your discard pile, which could be very useful. One um, attack I do like to use, however. I don't know if it's just it's because it's useful or it's just for the memes makes me laugh is expert thief which actually robs people's soul stones if they can use soul stones which um is hilarious when you are chasing it's horrific <laughs> we are chasing Chris's um soul stone users and just nabbing his um soul stones his soul stone, oh, <laughs> his soul stone mind, it was working for me that game <laughs>
1: I, I foolishly played um, Mar against Molly the other night and uh, the, the day after I listened to the, the Third Floor Wars episode on Mar, and one thing it said was never play it into Rezz's and uh, I'll I agree with that 100% and especially don't play Mar into Molly because Molly's shutting down the focus and then you've got these lovely little Kruligan. so every time your Soulstone Miner activates and generates you a Soulstone by gaining stuns a Kruligan just activates and goes, nah mate, that's mine. Man. Yeah, that's our. And... Uh, and you just can't pin the little buggers down like say so you have to give get one big hit on them and take them out because otherwise they the other side of the board they're wherever they want to be just away from you they're um, they're amazing yeah. absolutely amazing for a four point man and they've got from the shadows, so they're already starting like right the way up the board wherever they want to be. And if it, there's a sniff of danger, as soon as they activate, they're back in their own deployment yeah, zone. they
2: have from the shadows. I don't tend to use from the shadows because I want to interact the first turn. Um, I yeah. so basically my setup for the first turn with the Kroogans is I want them to interact so that Molly has a target for Forgotten Knowledge. Now against you in that game with you, I use your pit markers because. I might as well. Yeah, another reason you should have of Molly. Like, it was like a buffet. It was like a <laughs> buffet for Molly.
4: Oh, okay.
2: She <laughs> um, loved
1: it. She loved so it. So
2: I, I want to interact to put that marker down so that she can use it to draw cards. And then I want them to focus because it helps them defensively and it can help them offensively. The idea is that I can then yeah. reactivate them one or two and then use them to just move up or do whatever because that then wastes. At the opponent's activations. I want to get uh, the first turn or many turns after that. I always want to have the last activation. I want to be able to dictate um, the, the game and that sort of thing. And the cruel guns allow you to do that. Um, people get scared of the cruel guns because they, they could pop up anywhere. They could pop schemes down. They can eat the schemes with their bonus action to, to um, get rid of the scheme markers. They have the fading gets rid of the scheme markers. Which you could use. I believe you can use before you teleport and after you teleport. You just dictate when you do it. They are so anti-schemey and it They are a fantastic model. I would take two. Sometimes I take three. I think they are they are some of the best models in, it, in minions in the crew. And like I said, I think generally speaking, they are some of the best models in ressers. It's just they have that little limitation that the forgot you need the forgotten model with them uh, to get the full effort out of him. But, I yeah, Krugans are great. Absolutely brilliant.
1: Cool. Well, let's talk about the big brother in the box. And I'm going to sit back and um, let you two hotly debate Archie now because I know you've had uh, lots of conversations in the past about him, both pre and post-errata. So, um, Archie, take it away, guys. Uh,
2: My little ice cream boy. I love Archie. Um, For context, Archie was incredibly strong before the uh, FAQ. He could jump all over the place. He could beat people up. He could run schemes. He was absolutely fantastic. And in a lot of ways, he's still good. He's still very good. I well, let's go into the card first. Let me just talk about the card, and then I'll t- I'll, I'll talk to my feelings about what Archie is now. So he's got fluid. He has leap. Uh, his his um, leap isn't doesn't have the suit in built, but it's you only need a four upwards. So if you need, as long as you can get a four or upwards. Uh, it's fine. And with Molly, you're drawing a lot of cards, so you can potentially do that. I say he's got Flurry, which can be really useful. His Fade heals him, depending on what card you discard, uh, which can can be quite clutch as well. He's got Numb Skull, which basically means he cannot gain conditions. A lot of people will just say, well, that's just, a, that's just a straight positive. Yes, he can't gain Poison. He can't gain Fire Burning. He can't gain Stunned. But he also can't gain Focused. It's, it's, it's more of a double-edged sword in that regard. It, 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 he'd be very, very useful against condition crews, but but not being able to focus is a pretty big downside. But it, it, again, it swings and roundabouts on that one. Um, he has a rush, which basically means that he gets plus two movement on his charges. His movement is four now. It used to be five. So basically, his movement hasn't really changed. It's just a bit more awkward, and he's a bit more susceptible to attacks that target movement. He's also terrifying. Twelve terrifying is really really useful. Again, like I was talking about willpower saves before, forcing your opponents to draw cards is always great, especially when they fail them and have to use a card in their hand. And terrifying is just is so brutal on certain against certain models because if they say they haven't got like um, a good a good willpower or they haven't got ruthless. If they've got flurry or something, they've got to test that every single time they attack, and they, they can, it means they can drain their hand. It means that they, they can have failed attacks. Terrifying is really useful, incredibly useful. What do you guys think about his fr- the front of his card?
3: I think Archie is still one of the best models in the faction.
2: Ah, I think. I and this that, is where yeah. we're going
3: to start. Even not even in the keyword, I think he is a fantastic utility piece, and I think at nine, at yeah. nine soul stones, he's dirt cheap um i would argue that the gaining grounds made him more of a molly model than just a general Reza model but for 10 soulstones, i'm looking at him and just thinking yeah no, that no. does pretty much everything i need a a beta to do
2: i can see where you're coming from i don't think archie's bad i think there's people that are just
3: i don't think anyone bad. can argue that he's bad
2: yeah i think people are bashing on archie and saying that he's bad but he's he's not terrible He's, he is going to have, he has bad matchups now. Uh, anything that has a lot of terrifying and a lot of manipulative, I don't know if you take Archie. It depends if, because obviously you have Killer Instinct, which gives Ruthless as an upgrade. So you can give him Ruthless. If you're playing against something like Colette, for example, who has a lot of manipulative but doesn't do a lot of damage, it, it, it depends. It depends. It's gonna, it, I just think, against something with a lot of terrifying or a lot of um, manipulative, you might not want to take Archie. The big, the, I, I'm not too bothered about the leap because the leap used to have the, the uh, masking built. Um, I'm not too bothered about the leap not having it anymore because, again, Molly can basically can find it. She's gonna find a mask if it's a high mask, that's unfortunate, but you can, that's, it's an option that you can do, you can use that mask. Mournful Remories is his is his other bonus action. It basically gives him half a focus because it lets him his get get plus flips to his duel. It's it, it the stat on it is five and it's a TN twelve. It's a big you're looking for a seven up. And I just don't know if that's really I just don't know how worth it is, especially for Archie. Because Archie wants to attack as many times as possible because he's got flurry and he's not going to focus anyway. And having a, having an ability that just basically gives you that buff once it, for for that TN, I just don't think it's worth it. And, and again, it's just half a it's only half because You don't get the post flip to the damage. It, it's a very it's a big detriment to to Archie. That I, I don't think it works that works as well. And I don't think it works very well for Archie as a model himself because again, he wants to attack as much as possible. He wants to flurry because he can't concentrate. There's no so we might as well just keep whacking. The thing, I don't like the fact they took Rufus off Archie. I, I will I will say that they went too far with the ruthless. He's got four willpower. He just doesn't have... It, it just means that against a manipulative... he's A lot of models with Manipulative, he's going to struggle. He's going to struggle massively. And against Terrifying, it, it, he he, he with that low willpower, there's going to be certain models that Archie's going to struggle to get into unless you can cheat that high card. And I mean the high card. I... I like Archie a lot and I will be using him still, but I will not, I don't think I'm going to, he's not as versatile. He's not as reliable as he used to be. I, I think I'd use him more in the beta role, which is great. He was a beta before, but I don't think I'd be using him to, um, to scheme anymore. Not, not only, not, I will not if I had the option to do it, I will. If I get the opportunity to do it, I will. But I won't be relying on going, yeah, I can I can just scheme turn five. Because if you can't get that mass, then he's not leaping. He ain't leaping nowhere. So and the, I don't like to think what they did with his movement either because it's the same. I don't understand. It's the same. It just made it more awkward. and made, made him more weak against those movement uh, duels. I just, uh, it doesn't make sense to me that I, I don't get it. And taking the, the tear of the bite off his cart, which would heal him too. I think what they did is it took his, they damaged his mobility. They damaged his, his, his damage with the ruthless removal, and they also damaged his sustainability in the what, in some ways as well, because you can't put spit. Because in certain matchups, you won't take great spirits touch on him, which does give Arch that extra bit of healing when he wants to get stuck in. You'll have to take instinct if you're going to take Archie, which means he's going to be a lot easier to kill. And we haven't got the Hill Carts trigger, so you don't uh, don't have that tear of the bite built in anymore. So you can't get the healing off that way. So you're basically relying on brain freeze to give you that healing. And you can only, that's only going to happen once. Uh, I just, I get where he's coming from, and maybe I am wrong. I'm, I'm very happy to be wrong, and Archie's great and everybody's using him. I will use him as a beater. I think he's a good beater, but I think I'll be using Philip more as a a model to just get around. And I am considering uh, replacing Archie, trying to replace Archie with two Ravel risers. I, I just, I need to play around more, but I just think it was a bit of an over overnerve. I, if, they, if they thought he was too removable, take the leap off. I would have I would've been pleased I would have been fine with him taking the leap off just making him a super beater that's going to get to condition cruise and he still has ruthless I'd been fine with that but to I just, at the moment I just think he's in a weird place and I just don't know I just think he was a little bit over-nerfed but you know I'm not I don't have as much experience as as like some of the top players so we will we'll have to see where people where, where actually is going to fall. But um, I think I'm going to be using him more mainly as a beater that can leap if that if that option comes available, rather than this model that jumps around a lot. And I, I'm not again. I'm not saying he wasn't strong before. He was. He was too strong, and he was every in every single Reser crew He needed some changes, and I, I just feel that it was a little bit too much, but. We'll see. We'll see. What about you guys? Where do you, think, where, where do you fall on that? Do you think I'm just talking rubbish? Yeah. Well, sure. Screw you, Chris. Well, screw you, Chris. I don't even care about your opinion.
1: <laughs> I think Courtney hit the nail on the head earlier where he said Archie has bad matchups. And I think that's the whole point of a nerf because Archie before didn't have a bad matchup. And now he does, which means he's, he's no longer an auto include. Um, he's still a phenomenal beater and yeah you're not going to take him against uh, crews with manipulative but you've got other options there to take now it means like i say he's not an auto include you're using those other models you're using philip and the nanny before and like you said earlier philip and the nanny was a bit of a marmite model you loved it or you hate it but now you know people are swinging around to it and uh, i'm a big fan of marmite to be honest with you so i'd be using philip and the nanny a lot more
3: you um, yeah, I, I get to come down on the other side of this, I think. Um, I don't rate Philip and the Nanny. And I think it's probably not the time yeah. for this podcast, but I think that that model is fighting itself. Um, I would argue that its power level has gone up with GG1, with Archie going down a little bit. But I think everything Philip and the Nanny wants to do within is within six inches, apart from the one more question. Um, if I see Philip and Nanny on the table, I wipe that off the board with ease. I think Philip and the Nanny dies to anything that's got flurry ignoring the henchman stuff i think it just can't deal with any dedicated beater, and that's a lot of points to go off the table i think archie is far more ubiquitous on the board i think he's far more mobile even without the leap um i think it might be entertaining for people who are talking about the buffs and the nerfs to think what blade rush might do with him with all of his tentacles and arms you know yeah. take something else off um but i think realistically he is a min 3 model that can flurry the tweaks they've made have been very yes. elegant in the sense that, yeah, the fact that he's got rush now, and Courtney was saying about the movement, it means he gets stymied by extended reach. It means you can put something on the board that can mess with the fact that he has to charge um, You know, to get the extra distance. It can also mean that models that have the ability to push away can start to take advantage because at the end of the day, he's a one-inch melee model. Um, so it means there is some counterplay that's available to the opponent, but I think in Archie's cases, a lot of the time, the stats aren't relevant, you know, even if he is going for a terrifying test, uh, you know, I play Pandora that she's terrifying 13. Oh no, he's got to pitch a nine, you know, it's a moderate at the end of the day. He's really not struggling against your standard, you know, um, terrifying 11s or, you know, terrifying tens, those weird kind of middly models. I think he, he doesn't worry too much about flipping a six or a seven and i think the additional part with him is him being terrifying 12 he is a pain you know even for your general willpower five model flipping a seven is just as bad as him trying to flip against the terrifying test the problem is he can do three four six damage to you three times and at nine soul stones, even with the upgrade to make him ruthless 11 soul stones that is an incredibly affordable model and i think from the opponent's point of view when Archie is on the table, he's a priority target. When Philip is on the table, he's easy points. Yeah. And it's not also considering the fact that Philip, as a henchman at eight stones, opens him up to some of those schemes like Vendetta, meaning that you can actually have something relatively simple go in after you've whittled him down with big, strong models. And I think Archie, yeah, he's he's nine soul stones, but you're not going to stand a beater next to him just because, you know, if Courtney's got that mask in his hands, he's off. Yeah, Philip can run over you for five inches. Good luck against the two-inch melee model then that's pinned you in with Flurry. You know, if Teddy gets hold of him or something else, it's going to be a very bad day. And I think every single faction has got a ubiquitous, it's usually the effigies, Um, or the emissaries whichever the big one is but they've usually got something big and strong that can wipe him off the board whereas Archie can be far more of a scheme runner hunter on the wings and I think you could pay for one rabble rouser have that on one wing have Archie on the other and the Kruligans are laughing because they're beaming to whoever they want to they're scheming they're bouncing between the wings and they're bouncing back to the middle when they need to kind of heal Um, I think he does have bad matchups I don't think manipulative is much of a concern for him. I think manipulative is a concern for every single model, but I don't think you're focusing a lot when you go into a manipulative model. I find from my perspective, I don't tend to focus a lot um, unless I'm running levy. And even then he's channeling rather than focusing. I think most of the time you just accept you're going to be on the minus flip. Um, But with enough force, those models tend to fall down because it's usually their only defensive tech.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing with the movement nerf was uh, more to stop him getting lured up by his own models because that... There's quite a lot of laws in the in the reses, so imagine it was simple enough just to lower Archie up a couple of times, and then he can just leap, attack, attack, flurry in the middle of stuff, and he's just okay. using all his AP for attacking and That's never a good actually point. walking point. I never thought about
2: work. that. That is a good point.
1: Yeah, it, it stops him being taken more yeah. outside of his I, own keywords.
2: I I I say I love my ice cream boy, and I, I will keep trying him. That's amazing, Courtney. He's amazing. Know. I just don't know. I, I, a lot of the people of the reservoirs that i've read and stuff like that you know what happens when people think is it nerve people get annoyed and then they they trash it and then it's it's fine and i want to try and not fall into that trap i just just,
1: yeah it's the malifaux equivalent exactly exactly. i want to i want to keep
2: (laughs) my mind open because there's another model that i thought was rubbish and was fantastic which we'll get to it's I think um, the beauty of our format
3: shows that from the opposing point of view, we still think he's good. So even yeah. if the, rest of the players don't think he's good from yeah. a mental perspective, for us he's still a pain, and that that's enough of value.
5: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, just to put, I played against him the other night with Mar, and yeah, turn one, first three activations, I took Philip down you to did. what two wounds. Yeah, you managed to get him out of there and, and heal him up back again. But Archie, I don't know if I did any damage to Archie or even Murtucket getting in. I mean, that's and the point do as well. To
2: him. I don't know. I just, I maybe I need to. I, I'm going to play Molly a bit more. Just with new Archie. I think he oh, was yeah, too yeah. good
1: before, and now he's been he's been knocked down a peg, but he's yeah. still so good. He's yeah, still so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well That's
2: not <laughs> that, 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 that,
5: that.
2: Yeah, Kerrigan's yeah. are better than Carl. Oh,
3: Car- <laughs> I'm gonna be playing them instead.
4: Can I bring them <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, rubber, Oh,
4: rabble right. rides,
3: um, um, rides. Like
2: Screw Car. Right. Ride. Yeah, I well we'll see. We'll see without with Archie. I like Archie still. Um, I get I take uh, Tom's points about um, Philip. And he's writing some words. I don't Yeah think he's completely useless. And I think having an extra source of one more question is very useful. And I think he can get around very quickly as well with his movement. But I do see where Tom is coming from. Um, we'll, we'll see on that. We're going to have to see on that one. Um, yeah, yeah, games and time
1: will tell. And we're really into gaining grounds uh, yeah, exactly. the new season. So, you know, it's, it's exactly. still all to play for. But I think we've spent enough time on the big tentacle boy. So uh, what box would you get next?
2: Um, so... I would probably so next I probably would get you either going to get the rogue necromancy box or you're going to get the forgotten marshal with the night terror box I oh it's it's a difficult one let's go with the forgotten marshal and night terror stuff first cool i said before that this that forgotten has controversial models the forgotten marshal is number one so the forgotten marshal is your summoner in forgotten he lets you summon twice uh, forgot any forgotten model you want. Uh, they come on slow, and I think they also take half damage. But if they're within four of him, they heal one. So it, it, it's it's they take damage, but he heals them there. He's got hard to win, hard to kill, and every time he kills a model, he heals two. So he's quite he's all right survival. He's it's defense four though. So he is the summoner of the. He's basically a summoner. The problem is. He's only an enforcer. He's not a he's not a henchman. So if you haven't got a crow to um, summon, he ain't summoning. A lot of people will take the um, the whisper upgrade on him to sort of guarantee it. I think you can do. Again, Molly can search for cards. You you probably will find a high um, crow with, with Molly if you if you look hard enough. So it's not that detrimental. Forgot. I would say the marshal is more used in you know, sort of a minion molly build uh, because he can help you. He can get you another rubberizer out if you need a beta, or he can get you a night terror out if you need to um, need some another schema, or he can get a cruel gun out. Other than that, it's a bit. He's a, he's 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 all right. I again, it, some people swear by him, say you should take him in every crew, and some people say he's trash. I fall in the middle a bit. I think he's fine. And I think people disregard that Peacebringer because that, that Peacebringer is 2-3-5 in it's, its range, and you don't have a lot of range in the crew, and it's got critical strike as well. I, I like the Forgotten marshal, but he is uh, so, so... I don't think you... I, I, again, I, I fall in the middle of the argument, really. Um, I think he's absolutely fine. If he was a henchman... He'd be he would be a lot more popular. But I think for what he is, he's fine. I've played him a few times and uh, I've had a game where he didn't do a lot and had a game where he was seriously very useful. So yeah, I, I follow the middle with this model. What do you guys think of the Forgotten Marshall?
1: I, I think he's a he's a great model. He's several, seven seven Soulstone Summoner, basically. I mean you you can get a rabble riser out for what, a ten of uh, crows? Yeah. Um yeah, and that's that's six points back there. So he's near enough made his points back with one bonus action. He's got a 12-inch bringer on him, which, yeah, two, three, five damage, crit strike on a ram. So, you know, it's three, four, five damage effectively. When he's summoning in that Rabble Riser as well, actually, it can discard a card to um, to heal one. So then it's gaining a focus straight away. It's coming in slow, but with a focus yeah. and healing one for a Ten of Crows. Yeah, you might not have that Ten of Crows. You're in a Molly Crew, you know, you you're going to do a lot of card cycling anyways so you're going to make sure no. you've got that 10 of crows or worst comes to the worst eight of crows get a Kruligan again instead yeah. you know it's it's absolutely and then he's got a pine box which is against size stat 2 against size you can go toe to toe with most masters and you're on equal footing with them yeah you no know, whatever it is you just need to match them you got the red joker you're guaranteed to bury a master that turn and give it yes. distracted it's it it's for seven points He's pretty good, I would say. Yeah, his defense and willpower aren't that good, but hard to kill and hard to wound. He's a Reza model, you know. It, yeah. It's pretty I standard. I can't undervalue the into-
3: I think he's range in a Molly Crew and a two-three-five damage track over 6 inches. Sorry, over 12 inches on a stat 6 is very good. Fantastic. And he's got fantastic. a crit strike trigger, you know, that's three-four-six. I think he can sit yeah. there in the earlier turns and he can provide the covering fire when things do get stuck in, I don't think he's mining that too much. I think to look at, I think he's, he's a range for me, he's a range shooter that also summons. I don't see him as a primary summoner. And I think yeah, that yeah. range shooting, you know, anyone who plays uh, Perdita can probably attest to the fact that, you know, those guns are not to be sniffed at and they can pepper you from range. And if he moves up turn one, I mean, he's moved five. So if he moves up turn one to get in position, four turns of potentially you know, eight shots max, maybe some other shenanigans that he gets up to. He's going to do a fair bit of damage over the course of the game and all he needs is the odd moderate and he's going to really ruin someone's day.
2: Yes, you're right with Peace Spring because people do forget about that. Like I say, it is really good. The, and the fact that he can basically um, go, well, you need an extra schemer, so let's get that Night Terror out or you need, you need some extra damage, let's get that um, that Rebel Riser out. He, he is a good model, he doesn't fit everything. I want to use him a lot more. I've personally been playing Elite Molly a lot. And I feel like now I want to play a bit more of, like, Minion Molly. Um, And I feel like the Forgotten Marshall certainly has a place there. I think he's a great model. And I can see why some people love him.
1: So what do the Night Terrors do then? Because they come in the box as well, don't they?
2: Yeah. So Night Terrors are probably, like, the second sort of good scheme runner in the crew. The Night Terrors have flying. They're movement five. Um, they have a aura, which gives concealment, which is very good. One of the reasons to pick, take a Knight's Terror, is if you're going against a crew that's got a lot of shooting, a night Terror can be very useful for giving you that cover before like, flying off and doing some stuff. He's agile, so he's walking. Out. You can't really engage him that well because he'll just walk out of it. He's got a fantastic shadowing, which is fa- um, sorry, fading, which is shadows, which sets him push up to five inch five inches in any direction and if you um go over a model a enemy model they have to do a movement a sorry not a movement a tn oh yeah movement tn 13 movement chill or suffer one damage you're really looking at the push these guys can be really quick they can get around a lot um the attack is, is fine it, it you can't they can't declare triggers if they've got fewer cards which it's fine. You're not really going to want to attack with him that much, but you can do it. You do it. And negation aura is always useful. Making people uh, discard to cheat fate within three inches of him can be quite, quite useful in certain situations. The thing with the night terror is, and the thing that reason why maybe he doesn't get as much use is because he's in the same crew as Krulguns. And guns are fantastic and they cost one less. The reason why I would advocate night terrors sometimes as well is you've got that concealment aura, which can be real useful, but you're also not dictated to where your non-minions are. And that's the one thing with a gun. It doesn't matter how much they can teleport. If there's not a, a non-minion uh, in a good position, they, they can't do it. They can't get anywhere. But the night terror can always scheme. He can always get to where he needs to be. Um, and with that shadowing, you can you can get him all over the board. You uh, can he can be moved fifteen inches with flight in the turn. I really like I like the night terrors a lot. I are not in every list, but if I play and gets Pedita, I will or anything that's got a lot of shooting or dangerous shooting, I'll I will definitely st- st- um, stick a night terror into so the crew gun. They are they are quite useful models. What do you guys think?
3: That aura is really good.
2: Oh, yes. yeah. That aura
3: is, is top tier pain in the neck ability, I think. There's a lot of stuff
1: that ignores cover in the game, but not much ignores concealment.
2: Yes, they are great. Um, again, there are a model that people go, oh, well, we've got Krugans, why do you want Naito's? But they can be a lot more, I say, you're not reliant on where your model, other models are, and that aura is very useful. Very, very useful. So I like Nactos. Yeah, And the
1: Marshal can bring him in for a nine of crows.
2: Exactly. And that, that, that exactly. Well, that's what I mean with the Marshal. The Marshal can give you that versatility um, of being, well, I need to, I need to, I need this. Well, I can get, get tower out and you can just fly around. And it doesn't really matter. Uh, it doesn't matter if uh, Archie isn't in the right position or Philip isn't or whatever. I, yeah, like I say, I really like Terrors and they're not, they don't go on every list, but when I need them, they always perform well. So the last model in the crew is the Rogue Necromancer. The big boy. The big boy. I've had to eat crow about the rocker, Rogue Necromancer, because when I first got the Rogue Necromancer, I didn't think he was very good. I thought he was rubbish. A lot of it was that he just kept dying real quickly, and to be honest, and with hindsight, I was playing against... Um, Oh, what's he called? Come on, Tom. Old guy. Your guy. Levi. Levi! Levi. It's Levi, no? It's Levi. Levi,
1: leather jeans.
2: Levi, leather jeans. <laughs> so he died a lot. And I was like, well, he doesn't really... Other than the terrifying, I just didn't really see what was good about him. And then one day, Tom kept kept harassing me to try the Rogue necromancy again. And I did... I decided to show him once, and it finally clicked. This boy is good. I love the Rogue necromancer now. He is a fantastic beater. The amount of poison that he can get on himself, and because he's got, he's been mourning, he's experimental as well, he has perverse metabolism, so he doesn't get damaged by poison, it heals him. Between his fading and Molly's um, premonition, he can get a lot of poison on himself, which means he gets regeneration in the. He's regenerating himself. If you put Grey Spirit's touch on him, you can be regenerating four health a turn. He 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 has hard to wound and hard to kill as well. And like I say that will terrifying eleven. He is not a bad model. If he, if he's, he's, so survivable. i mean, do you Guys, agree with me.
3: Is he better in experimental with McMorning?
2: I think he's. I think he's just as good in both. Really? Honestly. Yeah, I think he's just as both good in both. Is
3: he better than Archie? Because he's one soulstone more. He is one soulstone. I think more. He, he is. Far less on his card. I think he is. Ooh, hot takes, hot takes. Uh,
2: that is, um, I, 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 people won't agree with me on that one, but I, I really like the rogue Necromancy, And I think that he is better than than Archie in. Um, in a lot of ways, he right, his attack isn't built. He can focus. He can, yeah. he's still. It, it, you're one of the conditions you are worried about, like a poison. You're not worried about because you're healing. You he can take <laughs> all the conditions. It's
3: really good as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he's so vomit is it can be really useful and really close. It was disgusting against
1: me the other night. It <laughs> really was. Cause it, it's the fact. Exactly. I mean, the damage track is only one, 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 but it's the double blast and the triple blast. Um, and then the built-in crow gives you whatever trigger you want, but anything damaged gains distracted and a poison. So you, I think yeah, you were hitting Martuki with it, weren't you? Uh, yeah, and I was Stoning, so Mar didn't take any damage because I didn't want her getting distracted and poisoned. But then that triple blast meant you were hitting two other models as well. And then yeah. um, even the triggers, you gave him Mars slow every time, weren't you?
5: Yeah.
1: You gave him Mar slow with the blank stare trigger, and then two other models stood next to it. were getting distracted one and poison one as well, and it was just like it was sickening. It's that five against movement, you know, not much has a movement more than five. Yeah. Well, yeah. Roosters, maybe things like that, you know, crazy stuff, Hmm. but a lot of masters, no, they won't have a movement more than five. So just distracted is on a beta master. It's, it's a horrible thing to have.
2: Yeah. I, I say, and he's, cause he's got ambush as well, which lets him discard the cards, which gets him poison, which gets him regeneration. Um, He's, he's he's not slow. He, he he's moving quite fast. He's moving 13 inches. That's one less than um, than Philip can do. That's why uh, people consider Philip and people consider Rogue Necromancy as more the cruel gun transport. If if you're Archie, can't get you know if you're not getting those masks, or you're not playing Archie, the Rogue Necromancy can get rounder and quicker. I love the Rogue Necromancy, and yeah, I will. I'll, I'll say it. I think he is better than um, Archie in in some ways. I think he's absolutely great and I I love the model and I was so stupid to think he was rubbish. You know, thank you, Tom, for forcing me to play him again. (laughs) I'm not not
3: proud of it because now that bloody thing is something I have to deal with in two of Courtney's crews and it's just... (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Tom.
2: (laughs)
1: Thanks. (laughs) I faced it the other night and yeah, thank you so much. So much. So... Any other models you want to give a shout-out to, Courtney? Anything else that go uh, with it? Yeah, There's a necessity, really? I mean, there's some good synergies there in other models, but anything else you consider crucial?
2: I would say there's a couple. There's a couple. Uh, I won't go into too massive detail on these, but I will just give you a big brief overview. I like the um, the Dead Rider because he's a really good beater. He's got rugby, which means that Molly can basically just do what she wants first turn and doesn't have to worry about moving at... Uh, say he's great. I think I like, I really like him. He's expensive. He's 11 points, but he's, he's good. He's really good.
1: He's a rider at the end of the day. Yeah, he's really broken. Yeah. <laughs>
5: um,
2: I really like Manos as well. Uh, Manos got a hit on his reliquary, but generally speaking, he's still really good. He is... A lot of the reservoirs are talking about Manos being the new Archie in this, in the respect that he's going to be turning up in a lot of crews. I can see it very much because he is a good model. I think in the Forgotten Crew... Archie will tip him a little bit just because he has the forgotten keywords. So he's a target for the Krugans, but I think that Manos, if you're worried about the sort of viability of Archie's jump and and you're playing against something that you don't necessarily want to take Archie in, like someone with manipulative or something like that, then Manos can be a good uh, model to take instead. Healing wise, the carrying Effigy is pretty nice. Uh, he can heal everything in the crew he's undead so he can heal them twice a turn he can also uh, he has a negation aura as well which can be quite useful generally you don't want to be anywhere you don't want him anywhere near the moles but it's an option it's there and he's only four points so you know if he does hit like against the game I had with Chris the other day he healed Philip up to near full. And then he died. saved
1: Philip's yeah. ass, to be honest and with you. <laughs> Philip he was, was dead yeah. if it for him.
2: Yeah, he basically did his job. He died, and, I, and that was fine. And then um, Philip did his work. And then the last thing I will say is the nurse. The nurses are fantastic in any Reza crew. They are so.
1: Standard Reza staple, aren't they, they nurses? Are. If, they you, are. if you don't know about nurses, then do you even Reza?
2: Yeah, exactly. Any resident should be thinking about nurses. Um, They are so useful to have in a lot of ways. They're they're expensive in A Forgotten Crew because I think they're like seven points. I'm going to say seven. Seven or six. But they give you so much. They give you so much versatility. So, yeah. I would say that's the big... I would say that's like the four sort of models I think about. Can't think of anything more, but I'm sure there are some more useful stuff. Uh, A sloth I've, I've used in the past as well and got some... I've got some nice things out of Sloth because, again, everything's undead in the crew, so he can make them fast. But, um, yeah, I think that's, I would say that, that those are the four or five sort of models I picked
1: Cool. So, so what strategies and schemes would you take Molly into? Molly can do
2: anything. Molly, anything. Molly can do any scheme or strat. She's so versatile. I'm, I'm not, I, I, you could do pretty much any scheme or strat with Molly. And have a good chance to get. You could take Molly just Molly into a tournament and you have that versatility to be able to um, do a lot of things. I just I, I, scheme heavy stuff. She's really good at as well. I would say that's her wheelhouse. A lot of things with schemes. She, as I say, she can she can anti scheme very well because of the crew guns. They anti scheme great, and her as well with her triggers. On a uh, one more question, um, the same with um, Philip as well. And they can also do do the schemes because again, you teleport and you've got the Night Terrors, you've got Philip, you've got Archie, you've got whatever. They're very good at the scheme sort of focus. They can, they're very good anti-schemers. But I would say with some confidence that you could do, go very far with Molly regardless of the scheme pool or the strap pool just because she's the crew is uh, she and the crew are very versatile.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. She is really versatile, and a, a, a crew itself like for killy schemes, you've got Archie, you've you've got the carrying F, uh, the Rogue necromancy. There's enough big beaters in there to do that. She's yeah, she's decent at everything.
3: Really, how have you found it, Tom? I think flexibility is her word. Um, I think it might be interesting, Courtney, just to yeah. say about what this crew looks like on the board in terms of where they are and. Who's on the flank hunting down the schemers? Who's doing the scheming? Who do you sit back to keep safe? You know, what does that yeah. look like top down?
2: Um, so yeah, I I would generally have like Archie and the um rogue necromancy on the flanks. But I would I like to keep my crew sort of close to Molly so that she can she can help them if, if I need to. But with Archie being able to leap, and with uh, the rogue necromancy being quite quick as well, they can get where they need to be. When it comes to like your scheming and stuff like that, you 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 got so many options with your um, crew guns, They can just yeah. jump anywhere they want. In the pa- in the past, it's still again it's still viable. I would have actually just get into the middle, and then I would like if I had the opportunity, I'd leap him forward. and then just throw the get my children out onto him as soon as possible. And they can go do their stuff in the back line, and then actually just turns around and and starts beating face again or he can help the Krugan scheme again you can still do that uh, it might not be as reliable but again Molly is still able to find those cards if she tries hard enough you can be, be, be quite aggressive
3: well- with like, your scheme of strap choices can't you as well like you're yeah, exactly. you very a- aggressive and optimistic yeah. about what you're aiming to achieve
2: yeah exactly they can be very aggressive I said, they're very versatile I love playing Molly I I would tell anybody that wants to play they, she is a hard crew she's a hard master to play just because she isn't as direct as some masters. She has, she's a support master. So she isn't doing a lot herself, like damaging wise, but she's enabling the moles around her to do it. Uh, and she's helping to sort of mitigate the opponent stuff with her caress and her one more question and, and things like that. And with the cards that she can, putting back into a hand there's no greater feeling than replenishing your hand and your opponent only has three cards in hand there's no greater feeling um, <laughs> at that point at that point if they haven't got your card draw you are you are in such a strong position and that's what Molly does she puts you in a strong position so
1: Tom what would you do to shut down a Molly crew if you knew you were going up against Molly what, what would
3: you take damage output I think is, yeah. is is the easy option. The the tricky thing is obviously you both announce your masters, but I think from the crew perspective that I can think of without going through each and every single one, I think if the opponent declares res and I'm playing Neverborn, then essentially I'm either bringing out Nekima or Dreamer. I'm either killing everything they've got on the board or I'm going to try and out scheme them. And I think if it happens to be Molly, I'd just probably pull out Nekima and just go, oh, you're quick. I'm quick too. <laughs> But the problem is I can get to your models that are at the back and kill them. You can't get to mine. And I think it's kind of that tip for tat. I think if you're Arcanists, I think Colette is your go-to. I think Colette can do a lot to mitigate the abilities that are on those models. I think there's a lot of manipulative, obviously, with the showgirls. But also someone like Carlos with his flames can do an awful lot and make use of that. Um, The only issue I'd say and I I feel like I'm going to do this with every single podcast but it's because I rate her so highly I think in the Outcasts I think Tara can really ruin a lot of people's play now Tara's mitigated by the new Gaining Grounds that you know some of the strats in general don't appeal to her but I think if you've got the ability to bury if you're Lady Justice if you are Tara um, and you can bury Miss Molly so she can't see you repeat her actions or you bury Phillips, all of his annoying junkets off the table, or you bury a Kruligan and go, by all means, you come back on somewhere awkward, then you teleport. It starts to mess with the function of things. I think realistically, I'm not going to try and defensively sit there. Courtney and I have played a lot of Pandora into Molly, and I don't like that matchup for Pandora, because Pandora wants to sit as the defensive midfielder and go, well, I'll let you come to me. And Molly's like, well, I'll let you come to me and I'll jump over you. So that matchup isn't great, and I think a lot of Masters like Sandeep or even Parker Barrows, people like that, they will not like that very much. So I think you are either going, I'm going to kill everything on the board, or I'm going to take an extreme scheme crew, and I'm going to match them. Because I think as Molly is very proactive and could be quite aggressive, I think she's not good at denial. There isn't much. She basically inhibits your efficiency rather than your ability to do stuff. So someone with Colette, with don't mind me, you don't care for Kruligun's next to you to annoy you. You're going to put your scheme markers down. Or if you're Dreamer and you can summon anything wherever you want next to their models, then you can start to play around with stuff like that. So I think you are the hard binary approach of punching or scheming. I don't think you're taking your middle range masters.
1: Yeah, it does require a hard solution, really. If you know you're coming up against Molly... Uh, you need a hard counter to it you need things potentially with ruthless to shut down the big beaters um, but you need to be taking out those those little scheme rumors in in big hits really like you say Um, or at least out activating her to get your big activations last because if you are dropping scheme markers down she's going to be removing them left right and center Um, i think i found like mar the other night just got shut down completely I did I probably played her a bit wrong, I don't know, but um but yeah she was not a good matchup into Molly from what I yeah. found. Whereas when I played Summer against Molly, Summer's been a lot better. Because I Summer can get rid of his hand and he doesn't give a shit because Bayou two cards, he just cheats off the fate deck instead. And I found when I played Mar against him, I really missed that Bayou two card.
5: Yeah,
2: exactly. So the thing with Mao as well, and the thing with again with stuff with that puts markers down is you, you are helping Molly in a, in a position a way because you are giving her targets for their got knowledge. So you're giving her things that she can eat for two hours. Yeah. It's
3: taken away one of the main key points of the crew. So Corny, what do you actually not like to see? So it's easy for us from the opponent's perspective to be like, I do this, this and this, but actually for a Reza player, many of the time there, there are set matchups that you like and you dislike. And with Molly being so flexible, is there anything that does kind of turn your stomach a little bit and think, right, this is going to be going against what I want to achieve?
2: that is a hard question I'm asking um, those
3: hard questions that's what we're here for yeah, no, yeah. it's um, the top hard hitting podcast you all wanted <laughs>
2: <laughs> and um, if you say
3: don't play them into reses, I will slap you from across the internet
2: yeah. Yeah. I hmm, again very tough question that I don't like going against keywords that are anti-schemy as well just because then you are sort of you're sort of butting heads in the same direction. You're putting scheme markers down there removing them, I'm putting scheme markers on and removing them. It becomes it, it can become it, it could be it, ma- it makes the job harder. I you can do it, you can certainly do it, but again it, it can make the job harder. So like if if player playing against collect, like you said, there's a lot of manipulative presto lot of, changer like, as well, it, is a pain. Yeah, there's a lot of scheme. Yeah, there's a lot of scheme stuff. I can certainly, I can certainly go toe to toe on the scheming front, but um, it, you are sort of butting heads a bit. So it will, it does then kind of come down to who the better player is. Other than that, I guess all really aggressive clues can be a bit of an issue as well, just because they get on. Like you said, with have like Nik- They just get on you sometimes you can force them to make mistakes and the nice thing with molly is that she can slow stuff yeah. so if like Nekimer and stuff jump over i can slow them and sort of disrupt what they disrupt what they want to do uh, and I can also if i can get molly up quick into a good position i can start eating carts neck markers and stop her from growing up kids <laughs> um it's into a big into big annoying boys i i would say there isn't a massive amount that really worries me when I play Molly, but I would say those two things do pop into my head. as like, uh, you know, I play, play against Zip, for example. Zip puts markers down, which is great, but his crew is very anti-schemy as well. And Zip just doesn't care. He just flies around and is annoying. I am in the club. I am the resident Zip hunter because I've managed to kill Zip every single time I've played him. Uh, which nobody else... So literally said, your yeah.
3: title in the chat as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's risky. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I could hunt that little guy down, but I would say that that's sort of the two sort of things that I would be a bit more bit more worried about. There isn't a lot of condition removal. I actually don't think there's any condition removal in the in the keyword. Um, so conditions can be quite difficult. Actually comes into play though because obviously school, um stops him from gaining those. But if I was going up against like, um, with someone that stacks a lot of fat, burning, for example, or staggered, or like Karis or Reva, yeah, or Jackdaw is staggered, another master I love, um, I, I would be wary on that as well, just because again, there isn't a lot of condition removal. There are things like bone piles that do help with that, so it's not the end of the world, and they're versatile, um. But it's something to consider, for example. Other than that, yeah, I, I don't really worry a lot about enemy crews. I You are versatile. Your crew can do a lot. You can beat, you can scheme, you can have a little dance in the middle, I guess. She can do a lot.
3: Is she as flexible as we, we're led to believe when you're selecting your masters? Is she at the same level as Sandeep and Dreamer? and zip as the, yeah, they can probably do whatever I need them to do. Or are there times where it's just like, I should have just taken Seamus or I should have just taken Reaver? Um, well, not that any Rever player would say that, but you know, you know, <laughs> are there times where it's kind of like, she's a jack of all trades and she's useful or she's just really good in everything. Where does she sit?
2: I would say that she's a jack of all trades and she can be useful. You are going to have masters that are more specific in certain ways. Like if you want something, if you want to be killer. Um, then you might take the morning or Ya or Jackdaw. Yan- or Jackdo. If you're looking for having a lot of minions, a lot of like a lot of stuff out, then Kirai sort of t- t- does that as well. She so can get a lot of minions out and stuff.
3: Kirai's who they- I'm thinking of, because in that faction she's the other Jack of all trades, pretty good at everything. I, I'm wondering where Molly sits with Kirai in the same faction.
2: I, I would say so, but Von Schuck is also a very um a very Jack of all trades master. Um
3: so where do they rank, Corny? Rank them, rank them for us.
2: I I think I would say personally that Von Schuck is a bit more aggressive. So if you want a more aggressive master, you can get that. You want where Molly can do can be aggressive as well, but von Schuck can put a lot of damage out. I would say that the with the same with Kurai, Kurai can put a lot of damage out. It's difficult for me to say much more than that, but I would say that Molly can if you if you need somebody to do put do like the scheme game, but you still want to be able to have a hand in sort of doing your damage and doing other stuff as well, Molly yeah. is that Molly's that versatile package that can do a lot. If you're looking for more aggressive but versatility, you've got Von Stuck. Awesome. Be- that's
3: a really good way of kind of viewing them, I think, because I, I, I would say that Molly probably does look like the one that she's a bit more comfortable. She doesn't have to change her game plan to scheme well, whereas I think the other two are kind of wanting to punch things and then move.
5: Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. Because like Von Schuck, um, the undergraduates have uh, by her side as well so you you have the same versatility that you have with the Krugans so he could still damage stuff and still beat face but he, he, they, they, that undergraduates can let you do the scheming as well so but I say I think for the most versatility, and most jack of all trades would be Molly
3: Awesome so I think we're going to pop to another ad break from one of our sister channels and we'll pop back and we'll have to do some scoring and see where Miss Pidge sits within our very scientific factors. So we'll be back in a moment.
4: off the back of his astounding win at the Reza's Got Talent final. it's the live comedy roadshow tour of the Forgotten Marshall. Featuring some of his greatest stand-up hits, here's a clip of the winning routine just to remind you of why he was the public's favorite.
5: What does it take to become a zombie stand-up comedian? Dedication Do zombies eat popcorn with their fingers? No, they eat the fingers separately. Why did the zombie comedian get booed off the stage? Because the jokes he told were rotten. Why did the zombie comedian bite off the of the other zombie comedian's hands, because the jokes were too funny to handle. You suck. Why did the zombie go to the hospital? He wanted to learn some real sick jokes.
4: Go on sale soon, and you bet he'll sell out theatres so across Malafoe. So book now to avoid disappointment through your local holofoe ticket vendor. <laughs>
1: again thanks once again to our sister shows for providing that content so courtney what's your favorite ever moment using miss switch pitch
2: oh i've had a lot of good moments with molly um i would say my favorite moment was um i was playing against somebody that was using lady justice and i she they threw lady justice up and I was able to sort of manipulate my turns enough that I was able to sort of make it so that he had had out-activated both him and I still had the Archie left to go and I still had, um, uh, there was a dead rider and basically uh, he, he took a swipe with Lady Justice at Molly. He didn't do a lot of damage and I was able to, turn around and completely murder Lady Justice in, like, one turn. Um, it, it, it was that point. The reason why I liked it, not because I, you know, killed someone's master really easy. It was the, the, the first time that I was like, actually, yeah, I, I, this is coming to grips now. I'm getting to grips with this. And I, if I can have a second uh, favourite moment, every single time somebody charges Molly thinking that she's an easy target, it makes me happy. <laughs> So that's a negative I mean, flip for
3: this, it's a negative flip for yeah, that. Don't repeat yeah, your actions.
2: Exactly, yeah, because Molly, wounds. exactly because when you see Molly, the thing with with Molly is that you you when you see Molly, you you see a little white little zombie girl in a white dress. Oh, she's probably really easy to kill. Well yeah, bloody wrong because Molly is is like she's 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 got that serene countenance, she's got the caress so you can't double up on your actions. And you hard to win as well. But the other thing that she has is the fact that she, that you're not really going to be using your soul stones a lot. Because if you're not taking Philip, you probably only have Molly that can use soul stones. And you're not going to use it for cards because, again, Molly can get as many cards as she needs. She doesn't need to um, flip for cards. That's so a really good point, looking,
5: actually.
2: You're going to have a lot. You're going to have a pool of soul stones that is only going to be there to mitigate damage. So it is incredibly difficult to alpha strike Molly sometimes because she has so much defense in, in a lot of ways. Um, so every time, so people have tried it all the time. They've, they've come on different angles. They tried to take her out every single time. They're they, they so surprised that they've done like one or two damage to Molly and think they should have done a lot more. Unless it's yeah. levy, like because fuck levy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that brings me on to my point. <laughs> Yeah. So what's
1: your worst moment then, Tom? One Coming of my least favorite Molly, moments
3: playing that goddamn master is that um, I was running a Levy and Courtney went full elite. And to put full elite into context, it was like rogue necromancy stood next to Molly, stood next to the necrotic machine in the middle. Archie on one wing and bloody Manos on the other, who obviously turns off Levy's I come back from the dead shenanigans. And it was just, they just started edging forward and penning in my crew. And I was just like, oh, everything is a bad choice. <laughs> and the closer they got, the more the bloody Kruligans just started teleporting and scheming. And I was like, I've got to. it was like decision paralysis where it was like, I could go and fight Archie, but that's going to take two turns. I could go and fight Manos, but if he kills me, I'm screwed. Or I could go down the middle and literally be poisoned within an inch of my life by the rogue necromancy and necrotic machine. And Levy can't repeat what he wants to do. So I was just kind of sat there and think as Courtney just moved forward and the f- more he moved forward, the more like Rusty Alice with her shooting and Marlena with hers. I was like, oh, I'm just going to be taking damage for repeating actions. And it was just like the net closing and I was just like, no, not a fan of this experience. Yeah, I think it's a similar thing with me. It's, um,
1: I don't think I can pin it to one, one bad moment facing the crew, but it, it is that... It's that crawling slow dread that comes towards you and it it just forces you to make worse and worse decisions as they get closer and closer and closer. And it's it's one of those, if you're confident in your crew, um, then you shouldn't really have that issue. But coming up against Molly the first few times, you're you're going to be so struck for choices because everything seems like a bad decision. That you don't know which is the right way to go really so you do end up making stupid decisions and you will end up losing against her. but it's the same against any new master really you make bad decisions and you lose the first few times
3: I think it's worth us noticing as a character as well in the game I mean her lore, her miniatures her mechanics oh, phenomenal. are just so attractive I think it for backstory. a new player to pick her up you know and read about her and fall in love with that character there's so much backstory to her um, and the miniatures are so flavorful, and they've got such diversity in the way they've been sculpted. I think she is for the, the, the old crew box as well.
1: If you can get a yeah. hold of that, that's like rocking horse muck, and it isn't cheap either. But that old crew box with the little pirate hat for Archie and the uh, yeah, oh, yeah, so I think I think for the Rezzers, she
3: is such a good option. If you're interested in kind of popping over to the Rezzers, I think she you get so much fun out of her. Um, I think Courtney's gone to the full Reza experience now because he's just fallen deeper into the black hole. But like you could commit to that. I think we said this about Soma last week. You could commit to Molly and you could just fall in love with that master. And I think Courtney said it right at the start of the podcast. He went back to Molly. I think it was against you, Chris, the other night for the first time in ages. And he was just like exhaling how much he loved Molly. And it is kind of that. She has that first love ability. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for Seamus. Definitely.
1: (laughs) Right, I think we'll go to our highly sophisticated, totally scientific scoring um, pool now. So we'll start with learning curviness. So how would you rate her out of five, Courtney? How easy is it to get to grips with her? Five One being difficult.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would say yeah. four, maybe four and a half. She is difficult to start because she's not... Your master, unlike with like some masters that... that a more direct. She is a support master, and I would say that's broad, a broad thing for most uh, support masters. You have to get that idea that she isn't going to do so much directly. She's going to, she's going to enable the crew to do a lot more. Um, so I would say four, five, four point five. So what about
1: shenanigans then, Courtney? Uh, five. So five being five. loads of shenanigans. Five.
2: five. Yeah, straight five all the yeah. way. just so many shenanigans. I mean, yeah. can you guys can you guys even argue any more than that for shenanigans? Not really. No, I, think I think she's, she's
1: spawn She's she's doing shenanigans even when she's not doing anything because of the the let's caress and the the other things. It's um, yeah, yeah. I agree. Very y, which ties into the loving curviness. Uh, what about the hiring pooliness? How how big's the hiring pool? So five being tons of models to choose from, one being a select crew that you would stick to ninety nine percent of the time. Four. Or somewhere in the middle. I'd
2: say about a four. Yeah. You have, a, you have quite a versatile lot of, of models in your keywords. I think it's very. I think, and this might be a controversial statement. I think it would be very difficult for a crew at the moment to get a five on hiring pooliness because yeah. you just just you you can't cover every single base. I don't think. Yeah. But I would say four. She, did, she does have quite a few models and they do do quite a few jobs. And I, say- I think the fact oh. you can
1: run her two different ways as, as Elite Molly or as um, Minion Molly speaks to the fact there is quite a large pool to choose. Yeah. For any any master that you can run in more than one list, in more than one style, then yeah, they are going to have a, a large hiring pool and are yeah. going to score well on this. So that falls down to the the final decision, which me and Tom get to rate. So it's dickishness. One. It's one. How much of a dick is Molly to play against? One. Tom, I'll let you go
3: first on this one. I would say a two. I don't think she's yeah. overtly giving anything feels bad. I think she's a pain, but I think she's a pain activation to activation rather than turn to turn as in like you're having to think each time, all right, I've got to deal with this. I've got to deal with this, I've got to deal with this, but I don't think she's doing anything overtly horrendous. Yeah. Um,
1: she's, she's by no means a negative play experience. No, and I
3: don't think, you know, when we're saying about this kind of dickish thing, it doesn't mean they're just terrible to play against. It might mean that they're, they're making that oppressive cage. And as much as me and Chris have said, our memories tend to be that on an activation to activation basis, It's just the, oh, it's got a negative on this. Oh, this is a little bit difficult. Oh, I can't repeat my action. But that's not unpleasant, and that doesn't make you feel like you can't do things. It's very similar to Soma last week in the sense that you're less efficient when you play Molly, but it doesn't feel like you're constrained, is probably why I'd say. No,
1: it kind of forces you to be a better player in that way when you're playing against Molly. Because it's forcing you into making difficult decisions. So you're having to make the right one. So it's one of those. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd put her at a two, maybe a three, because I- at first it, it, there's so much coming at you. It's so overwhelming all the decisions you've got to make that it, it, it's really hard to play against at first. Okay. Um, I think it depends how much you hate maybe. Kruligans
3: as well I think if Kruligans <laughs> yeah. really annoy yeah, yeah. you then that score will go way higher I really don't mind Kruligans are really
1: dickish yeah um, I mean, the, they really are but um, but Molly in general the key word in general yeah, yeah I'll go two and a half somewhere in the middle I, you know it's frustrating to play against but it's not the worst thing in the world and you know it, it forces you to make better decisions it forces you to be a better player playing against masters like Molly
2: yeah I if I could just pop in to say, I would say the first game, she's is about 4, but yeah. I would agree it's two because the first time you play against Molly, it's going to be a difficult thing to get in your head. Maybe not as bad as Pandora. I think p- playing against Pandora the first time is just like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? Every
3: time. Every time. Pandora. I was going to
2: say, every time you play against
3: Pandora. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, but yeah, you, it, it's, it is a lot to keep in mind that, you know, if you've been, especially if you're learning, you know, you've been playing crews and being able to do what you're doing, and you go against Molly, and she's like, "Yeah, you can't do this twice. or You take damage. You can't. I slow you now. Yeah, I think the first time you play her, it's going to be a four, but after that, yeah, two. You know, yeah. Uh, she I, she's fair. I think she's a fair master in a lot of ways. You 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 know what she's going to do, and you know what you can't do. And there are ways. There are plenty of ways around it, like concentrating uh, and attacking rather than attacking twice. Um, yeah moving and charging there are ways around it so it's yeah not and you learn
1: those through playing against yeah it, really.
2: exactly, yeah so but yeah exactly
1: cool so um it falls to you courtney to sum up why you should play molly if you were gonna drag people out and say this is why you should play molly what would be your your sales pitch
2: i would say basically if you've listened to this this podcast. And not heard the amount of enthusiasm and love that I have for this master. <laughs> then there's nothing else I could really say. Then um, you don't deserve to yeah, play Molly. Yeah, yeah. That's what you no, the will I say is, you know, you, you, you then there's nothing else I can really say because I love Molly. I love playing yeah. Molly. She is my favourite master. I could play Molly for an entire year, just Molly, and I would be perfectly happy with that. I she's so versatile, and I, you know, I just think she's really fun. I think she's really enjoyable. She has a learning curve. You have to learn a lot of things. You have to learn like the optimal way to start um, the game and stuff like that, and and what you want to do in certain positions. And you, you, there will be times when you have made the wrong choice. You maybe should have forgotten knowledge instead of doing constructive criticism, or or whatever. But at the end of the day, the master. She's so fun, and I. I, I absolutely enjoy playing her and i would would recommend anybody that wants to play um wants to get a step into rezzers and doesn't mind having a bit of a a bit of a difficult start molly is is probably one of the best matches you can play
3: yeah yeah what do you reckon tom i think that's 100% it i think Courtney's enthusiasm says plenty i think what yeah. we were saying before about her being great like for someone who wants to go into rezzers i think you could play Molly every single game as the Molly player and you would enjoy every single game and you could play against yeah. Molly every single game. And you'd still have fun because she's so versatile and so flexible. I think you, she's one that will stay with you throughout the game and you can consistently learn new t- tricks and you consistently learn new tricks against her. And I think that that makes her a fantastic sales point for Reza Master because she's just fun and there's not tons of text yeah. on the cards, but there's enough to keep you busy.
1: I think the fact as well, gaining grounds has just changed like massively. And it's it's completely changed the way that certain crews play. Some have dropped power levels, some have gone up and Molly's just stayed consistent. It's just not affected. She's, she's in a so very versatile. good design space. Yeah. 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 She's I in a really good place. I
2: couldn't see other than like nerfs and stuff like that, which I don't think would be deserved. Um, I don't think she's overpowered. No, I don't no, think. No, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. But what I'm saying is, like, did you, I meant, like I couldn't see a scheme, a change to scheme pool or strap pool that would make Molly any better or any worse. Sorry, any worse than what she is because she's yeah. versatile. You could she can fit in anything, you know. Even if it was all, if it was if they went mad and it just made it all kill um, schemes, I fit. Still think Molly would still be able to do to pull weight in them. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: I think I, I I promised myself long ago that I would never ever play reses because I had a long time opponent who played nothing but reses. So I I exclusively played against them for around two years. Um, so I have a deep deep loathing that you cannot understand. But if there was one reser master I would play, it, mm-hmm. it would be Molly because she's just too cool. Yeah, she is just too cool. And yeah, Courtney, your your love for her is unbounded. Yeah. And uh, I think on that, we will end the episode. I'll leave it to Tom now to leave us with a parting statement.
3: Uh, yeah, any general shout-outs, I suppose. I've got one to to get through quickly. By the time this podcast will be out, there'll be a new battle report up on the TNG Productions YouTube channel Woo-hoo. between uh, Marcus representing the Arcanists and Pandora of the Neverborn. It's, it's a very, very... Very kind of swingy game, which is really interesting. And uh, Dar- I've been excited for this. Yeah, one. Darren who plays Marcus is fantastic. By the time this podcast goes out, I can probably freely say just I should have flipped the table about eight times just based on my cards. But uh, <laughs> and Darren was very, very well behaved to kind of just coax through. Uh, but we rallied through, and we had a really good game, and it was on a beautiful board as well. With his crew, looks stunning, and uh, Marcus is a hard crew to play, let alone playing him on camera. So, uh yeah. definitely go check that out if you haven't already, as well as our previous podcast episodes um as always, there'll be a runner at the end of this if you want to get early access to these podcasts, please do free to pop over to our patreon where you can support both the channel and this YouTube outlet and this uh, podcast outlet even and kind of keep us going. but a massive thank you for all the positive responses we've had I think I tend to ping the guys a message with the how the podcast is doing and i think it's safe to say it's gone above our expectations already mm. uh so huge thank you for Was it,
1: the we had a listener in japan or something like that we've got mentioned. like we, ones,
3: we so. we've got people from all of the places like we've got quite a healthy audience in south africa so massive thank you for those people
1: yeah I love- i'm gonna I say now i love district nine it's a great fun. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> we've lost the extent of my south african <laughs> life. i know yeah i won't do an impression and we will definitely lose them. But yeah, thanks wherever you are for listening. You know, we, we we by no means do this for money. We all have real jobs, and this is something just to try and put our love of the game out there. And, and thanks for the responses we've had. And I hope that our love for the game does come across and it encourages you to play things and see see the fun side of the game that can be had.
3: Until we talk about Levy next episode.
1: Uh, until we talk about Levy next episode. Yeah. We will find something fun to say yeah. about Levy. I will not make any. Jimmy Savile references. No, that will
3: all come in the adverts. But uh, a <laughs> yeah, massive yeah, well done down. to Courtney as well. And a thank you because he's, he's carried the ball and ran with it in this one. So great. Oh,
5: one.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We just let, wound him up, let him go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. Bye. And we'll see you again soon. Bye. Thank you very much.
2: Bye, Bye everyone.
0: Bye. Well, thank you for listening to the Harley Foes show. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did drop us a tweet on the Twitter at Harley Foes show. Also, you can chuck us some money on Patreon at TNG Productions to help us keep making this amazing content. Also, get some exclusive freebies like dice and t-shirts and other amazing things. Check out the show notes for all the info. So, once again, thank you for tuning in to the Harlefo Show. Please come back next time for more fucking nonsense.
5: Bye!